I will raise up for them a prophet, capital P, and this is the prophet that they're speaking of, like you from among your brethren, and will be, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And this is speaking, this prophet that the Jews are asking John, are you the prophet? This is the prophet, the one recorded for us in Deuteronomy 18, verse 15 and verse 18. This prophet is none other than Jesus Christ. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. John the Baptist fielded many questions from the Jewish Pharisees as to who he was. During John's exchange with the Pharisees, he denied being Elijah or the prophet promised by God in Deuteronomy 18, where God made reference to the Messiah. As we learned, John the Baptist was the voice to prepare the way of the Lord. His baptism of repentance prepared people, cleansing them for the coming king. The idea was, get cleaned up, get ready for a royal visit. Now let's join Pastor Rob's teaching, already in progress. Pray and trust him and walk with him every single day of your life and be open. And even if you make a mistake, he's able to get you back on the path again. Do you believe that? I believe that, and I'm testimony. I'm a testimony of that, and many of you are too. But do you want to know what it is? Pray, seek him, find out what it is. Just like John, God had a plan for him. He's got a plan for you. Don't look for the glamorous things. Seek to do the little things. Be faithful in the little things, and the Lord will reward you with the greater things. And John, he could have had a career in serving the temple. It would have been a very easy thing for him to do. He just kind of falls in line with what all of his other brothers would do. And it's a good thing. It was a wonderful thing. But God had a plan for him that was different from his other brothers. God does that. He's very, he's very unlike the cookie-cutter thing. Don't ever be a cookie-cutter, Christian. You are unique and individual, and you're special in God's eyes. He loves you just the way you are. He doesn't want to make another someone like you. No, he made you, and he broke the mold. And he's very comfortable with that. He's like, I don't need a fancy speaker. I don't need somebody who's got all this and all that. I've called you to do this. Yes, you're not qualified. Yes, you feel insecure. Yes, you don't have all the the pedigrees and all that stuff. It doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. If God calls, he equips. He pays for what he orders. And he wants to do that for you. Find out what it is and go after it with all of your heart. Go after it. Seek to do it. And like I said, John could have, he could have just fallen in line and and been a priest like the rest of them, you know, but... You know, and his father, Zacharias, could have forbid him. He could have forbid him, but he didn't, you know. And Zacharias could have said, you know what, son, I wanted you to be a doctor or a lawyer. 
I wanted you to be this. Oftentimes our parents have a plan for our life. They want us to be successful. They want us to have a good income. They want us to be able to provide for ourselves. And all those fine things are fine and good. But God, why does God never enter the equation, parents, when your son or your daughter is growing up and they have a desire to serve the Lord? We don't have the right as a parent to tell our child what they should be doing. We can certainly steer them in the, in the way that we see that their, 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 their temperament and where they're going and have an idea. But you know what? Try to remain as hands-off as you can when it comes to these kinds of things. Let them figure it out. Pray for them. Pray with them. And let God direct them. I mean, would it be a, a, a bad thing for them to desire to be a missionary? That strikes the fear in most parents. It doesn't mean that it has to be forever. It could be for a couple years, and that's it. Maybe that's all that God called them to do is this one thing. John's ministry only lasted six months. And he was written in the Bible hundreds of years before it came to pass. So it doesn't matter. Stay out of the way of your children. Let God guide and direct them. Do they want to be a worship leader? Do they want to be a Christian worker? Do they want to be a pastor? Do they want to be a teacher? An evangelist? Whatever it is. Instead of discouraging them from those things, which we all, we, all, we all see that and think, well, that's what the losers do. And none of us want to, have, to be able to go to a party somewhere and, and say, well, what does your son do? Well, he just got accepted to Harvard. <laughs> yes. 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 He's at Harvard now. And I bought him a brand new uh, you know, uh, Tesla you know, for his birthday. He's going for the fine, you know, he's political science. What does your son do? He's a missionary. (coughs) Excuse me. That's the way most of us feel. What does your son, what does your daughter do? My daughter serving in... You know, uh, another ministry overseas. My son is a worship leader. My son is going, he's studying to be going to the pastorate. He, whatever it is. And yet, those are the things that nobody wants to admit to anybody else that their son or daughter's in. And why is that? It's the greatest thing in the world. It's better than any other job. Seriously. I mean, we say that, but we really don't believe it. It is. I really believe that what I get to do is greater than what the president does. I love it. I get to share a message several times a week that he never even, he doesn't even know. This is important, folks. Don't assume that a lawyer and a, and a doctor and all these high fluting jobs, there's nothing wrong with them, okay? There's nothing wrong with them at all. But if your child has a desire to serve the Lord, you, let, you, you get behind them, you pray for them, and you let the Lord do what he's going to do. And it may be only for a season. And then they go to school and they get their other degree or whatever. It doesn't mean it's forever. John's, again, John's ministry was six months. If John hadn't been beheaded, John may have gone back into the ministry, perhaps with his father in, in, in Jerusalem, and been part of the priesthood. God had a specific plan, that's what I want you to do. So let's not be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that. Don't get in the way of your children and encourage them in it. Encourage them. Don't discourage them. 
Notice in verse 19, this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests from Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? Who are you? That's the first of two questions that they would ask him. And I can almost hear the religious leaders saying, Nothing spiritual happens in this town unless I hear of it. <laughs> this is our town. And if you're going to come and share some doctrine, I want, we want to know about it. And that's really what they were coming to John about. Who are you? You're drawing a lot of crowds, and I think many of them were jealous because they've been teaching for a long time, and everyone is yawning, looking at their watches while these Pharisees and scribes are teaching. And John is out in the desert on the east side, you know, uh, of, he's out there by the Jordan. They got to walk out there. They got to they got to travel to go see him. And there's crowds hearing him and, and, and getting baptized for the you know the the remission of sins, a baptism of repentance. He was able to captivate them. Why? Because he was empowered by the Spirit. Those guys in the temple were not. They were going through the motions. They didn't have the Spirit of God in them, much less upon them. But John knew the Lord. John knew the Lord. He was a firebrand. The Spirit of God was upon him, and that was the difference. That was the difference. We need that same Holy Spirit today to be effective in the world we live in. Remember what Peter shared on the day of Pentecost. Without the Spirit of God in upon him, he could have shared and nobody would have responded. Maybe a couple. But with the Spirit of God upon him, oh boy, 3,000 people that day. And then the other days, a couple more thousand. That's the difference between the Spirit upon a person and not upon a person. So how important is it? It's extremely important. And again, we can't pull that trigger. I can't push a button on my phone and say, you know, there's not a Holy Spirit app where I can just press the button and say, baptize me now, because it's not about us. If you look in the first several chapters of Acts, you see the Spirit of God filled them. He came upon them. And did they have any say over it? Were they like saying, Lord, this would be a great time now because we're in front of all these Gentiles, like at Cornelius' house. We're in front of all these Gentiles. This would be a really good time because... They need to hear this message. They were just faithful in doing what God told them to do, and he did the rest. And he did it. I can't control it. I can't say, now's the time, you know, beam me up, Scotty, kind of thing. I don't have it. But am I open to receive it? Are you open to receive the Spirit of God upon you? Are you praying about that every day? Lord, baptize me. We'll look at that a little bit later. But we need that just like... John needed it. And notice in verse 20, he confessed, and he did not deny. He says, he says, but confess, he says, I am not the Christ. This word Christ is Christos. It's equivalent to Mashiach or Messiah, the anointed. They all mean the same thing. So when you see Christ, that's literally what it means, the Messiah. And it's interesting that over the centuries, there have been many who have made claims uh, of being Christ. And John, of all the people in the Bible, he was one of the more qualified ones, if there ever was one, even though he was from the wrong tribe. He was from the tribe of Levi. He wasn't from the tribe of Judah. But John was a fiery speaker. He was filled with the Spirit of God. And yet there have been lesser people who have claimed to be Christ over the centuries. And none of them were, because there couldn't be, because only Jesus is Jesus. In fact, in Matthew 24, in his uh, Olivet Discourse, Jesus said, Many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. He says, Don't believe them. 
There's only one Christ, and he ascended. He's there now. And at some point, he's going to come back for his bride, the church, in the rapture. Are you looking forward to that? I am. But he... But John the Baptist denied that he was the Messiah. He was a great and faithful servant. And notice in verse 21, they asked him, he says, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. And he says, Are you the prophet? And he said, No, I am not. So they've asked him three things. Are you the Christ? Are you, are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? He denied that he was Elijah, because Elijah had died many centuries prior. He did. So how could John be Elijah? Unless he was born with the spirit and the power of Elijah. And didn't we read that this morning? In Luke chapter 1, that the, the angel Gabriel told him, told his parents that this would be the spirit and the power of Elijah would be upon him. And he'd be, the spirit of God would be upon him from his birth. Didn't he say that? In Malachi chapter 3, written some 400 years prior to the timing that we're looking at in this gospel, at this time of John the Baptist's ministry, it says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. This was a direct prophecy of John the Baptist, written 400 years before he would even be born. That's pretty, pretty amazing, isn't it? You'll have to remember this verse. The, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Isaiah is going to say something different. We'll see a little bit later. But notice in John, or excuse me, in Matthew chapter 17, after John the Baptist was beheaded by Herod, and after the transfiguration, when Peter, James, and John were up on the mount and they saw Jesus transfigured before them, and he and Jesus was talking to Moses and Elijah, and remember, they've been dead for hundreds of years. And Jesus is there talking with them about his crucifixion and his impending, uh, his, his crucifixion coming not many days from then. But notice in verse 10 of Matthew 17, and it is his disciples asked him, saying, And this is after they came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, after they saw Moses and Elijah with Jesus transfigured. They said, why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And Jesus answered and said, indeed, Elijah is coming first. Wait a minute. Elijah, John the Baptist died four chapters, you know, three chapters ago. And he's saying that, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. But I say unto you that Elijah has come already. Okay, which is it? He's coming, but yet he's already come. Both are true. Notice in verse 12. But I say to you that Elijah has come already, and they did not know him, but did to him whatsoever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer at their hands. And then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. When we look at verse 11 there in Matthew 17, where Jesus said, Indeed, Elijah is coming first. He's speaking of, we believe, the one of the Elijah literally coming back at the end of the days. Remember, we looked at this in Revelation chapter 11, the two witnesses that will come upon the earth during the great tribulation period. We believe one of those is definitely going to be Elijah. He's going to come. So Jesus said he is coming, but he also said he has already come, 
And it's kind of a mystery, but it's really nothing to be concerned about because we already know what the, the angel Gabriel said about John, that he would come in the spirit and power of Elijah. And certainly when we look at verse 12, Jesus is speaking about John the Baptist's death just as Jesus himself would die. We don't have time to go there, but if you look at Malachi chapter 4 in verse 5 and 6, it also talks about Elijah coming before the great and coming, the, the coming dreadful day of the Lord. Again, that's speaking of that moment, we believe, when he will return and be one of the two witnesses recorded for us in Revelation chapter 11. But notice what they also said, are you the prophet? So he, he denied that he's the Christ. He denied that he's Elijah the prophet. And they said, are you the prophet? And some Christian preaching, it was held to that the prophet and Christ were one and the same. But the Jews, they distinguish between those two, but I think we'll see in a few minutes that they really are one and the same. Even though the Jews kind of held them as two different people. And um, in John chapter 7, verse 40, it says, Therefore many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, Truly this is the prophet. Remember that, the prophet. Who is this prophet that's being spoken of? Others said, this is the Christ. So now they're making a differentiation between the two of them. But some said, will the Christ come out of Galilee? But if we go to Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, Moses, speaking to the children of Israel, he said this. He said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear according to all that you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest we die. And the Lord said to me, What you have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet, capital P, and this is the prophet that they're speaking of, like you from among your brethren, and will be, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And this is speaking, this prophet, that the Jews are asking John, are you the prophet? This is the prophet, the one recorded for us in Deuteronomy 18, verse 15 and verse 18. This prophet is none other than Jesus Christ. In fact, in the book of Acts, Peter, speaking in the temple, He ascribed the prophet of Deuteronomy 18 that we just looked at to Jesus Christ. You can read that yourself. Acts chapter 3, excuse me, Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 18 through 26. Stephen in Acts chapter 7, verse 37, in his sermon before the high priest, he attributes this prophet as being none other than Jesus Christ. Read those passages. Finally, in John, John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 14, it was after the feeding, the miraculous feeding of the 5,000, it says in verse 14, then those men, when they seen the sign, the miracle that Jesus did, they said, this is truly the prophet who was to come into the world. And there it kind of ties it all up in a nice little bow. This is the prophet. Of course it is. So they were asking, are you Are you him? There was even some confusion in their minds, whether the Christ and the prophet, and, and, and it doesn't matter. Are you, the, are you Christ? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? No, John says, I'm none of those things. Will you stop asking me? <laughs> I'm none of those. Well, who are you then? <laughs> who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourselves? And notice what he says. He points them to the word of God. What does he say? 
He says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the, the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. That's what Isaiah said. It's on the screen before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places made straight, the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Again, I love this. He's so faithful. He could have said, you know, you know, he could have gotten fed up and just said, you know what, I... And, and wanted some kudos for himself, but he didn't. Are you Jesus? Well, I kind of am related to him. You know, if you want to touch my hand, you can. Are you Elijah? No, I'm not Elijah. I'm not, I'm not Jesus. Are you the prophet? Well, who are you? And he points them to the word of God, which is what we should be doing. Not pointing people to teachers and leaders. You know, in America, we love to do that. So what did the Lord show you today? Oh, man, I watched Charles Stanley. Well, what did the Lord show you? He told me that he talked to Charles, or watched Charles Stanley. But what did Charles Stanley, what did the Lord show him that, that ministered to you? We're, we're, we tend to do that. He says, no, right here in the Word, this is who I am. 700 years before I was born, guys, Isaiah the prophet prophesied by the Spirit of God that I would come. And here I am. Read it and weep. <laughs> Here I am. In Luke chapter 3, in verse 3, it says, And John went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching the ba- a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. And then again, he, he lists this, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. This is who he is. This is who John is. John was a voice where Jesus is the Word. He's a forerunner for the Word. He's the voice. He's the herald going before the Messiah. Getting them ready, making their rough places smooth, and bringing the valleys low. Notice that John is pointing them to the Old Testament prophets. In fact, in Matthew chapter 11, it says this, and uh, it says, Now it came to pass... When Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and preach in other cities, and when John had heard in prison, by this time John the Baptist was in prison, by the time John had heard in prison about the words of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and he said to Jesus, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? And obviously John was discouraged. He knew his time was short. And he's like, You're the one that we've been waiting for, right? i got to know this. And you can understand the humanity of John. Even though he was fiery and filled with the Spirit, he, had, he was a human being. He had moments of, of doubt and maybe a little bit of discouragement. And notice, verse 4, And Jesus answered and said to those men who John had sent, Go and tell John. And I, I wonder the tone that he said this. It was probably so gentle and caring and loving. He says, Go and tell John the things which you see and hear. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. What is he preaching from? What is Jesus quoting from? Isaiah chapter 34, verse 4 through 6. Now Jesus is pointing, telling John, go look at the word. That's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.